0: Today we continue our discussion with one of Ottawa's longest-serving veteran tech CEOs. He has successfully led his company Pronto Forms for 20 years on an upward trajectory. Today we explore Pronto Forms' financials, its business challenges, and its opportunities with Alvaro Pombo. All of this coming up on Techopia Live. <laughs> Hello, I'm Michael Curran. This is another bonus episode of Techopia Live that is supplementing many of the episodes done by our regular host, Sherry Ask. Thanks to Sherry for all her hard work. Uh, I'm doing a series of year-end interviews with some of Ottawa's most intriguing technology companies. This episode is actually part two of an interview with a company called Pronto Forms. We're going to be speaking with its CEO here in a second. Uh, Very interesting company formed uh, 20 years ago Uh, by the uh, by the the founder is its current CEO so I think that's really intriguing in the second part by the way we're going to be talking about its financials what it's like to run a publicly traded company we're going to talk about a specific uh, business development challenge they have but let's uh, let's meet its CEO right now here is Alvaro Pombo hello Alvaro
1: hey Michael good to see you back
0: Thanks for joining us again. I appreciate it. So in the first episode, we, we talked about uh, the history. We talked about your market opportunity. We talked about your product. So if anyone wants to know that stuff, go back <laughs> to the other one. But we're going to look forward here. And I want to start off by talking about your financials, uh, Alvaro. You reported your Q3 not too uh, long ago. Give us a give us a peek inside of the books, as they say, of uh, of Pronto Forms.
1: Yeah, look. Uh- it's never, it's never enough uh, on the quarterly bandwagon, all the time pushing it hard and hard. The company has a, a very long history of uh, good numbers. Uh, the growth uh, has been ranging in the 20s percent. I mean, we reported 15. In Q4, there was an event that lowers uh, that number, uh, which we change a channel primarily. Uh, with AT&T in the US and uh, that took some customers away, which is totally fine because as I was saying in the previous episode, we focus on large enterprises. Some of the small businesses went away with AT&T happily because we can focus more on what our business is. So uh, the numbers uh, are the company grows steadily. I don't know how many quarters we have of a steady growth in the four to 5% range. And then we have these blips of large enterprise growth. So from a perspective of, uh, of a growth approach, our objective is to be uh, on the on the high 20s, uh, close to 30s. Okay, we were there in 2019, the pandemic had an effect, no question about it. And we're going back up uh, uh, without, uh, without uh, any doubt. And as we are heading, uh, I mean, as we're going up, As I said, I mean, about 70% of the revenue comes from existing customers. 30% is new uh, customers that come. And the focus in the enterprise, the key part of the financial performance of the company is to accelerate and reduce these peaks of large enterprise deployment, which we will talk about uh, a little bit more in a second. A few more financial metrics. Uh, We run at about 90% margin, so it's a great business. Um, We run very close to profitability. We're not, uh, we've been profitable. We, anytime we want to stop hiring people, we become profitable. But our objective is a growth stock. This is a growth story and um, there is never enough growth. So we're going at it very hard in a rational way. I'll talk a little bit more about that as well. So uh, we're just very focused on um, optimizing the growth rate for the amount uh, of money investment and the productivity that the sales organization can give us for that.
0: And you you must have lots of recurring revenue, if I understand your business model, right? So there is kind of an upwards trajectory that you're on. Is that correct?
1: Yeah. So it's about 90, 91% is recurring revenue, We're about $20 million U.S., all the numbers that you've seen is we report everything in U.S. dollars. So it's about $20 million of uh, annual recurring revenue.
0: And talk to me a little bit about that balance because I was looking at the profitability, and and you just you spoke to it a minute ago, and and you kind of, uh, uh, you kind of said what I, I thought you might that it's a it's a situation where you're a growth play, so um, you are re- growing, but you're continually reinvesting in the company in in order to uh, fuel that growth. Do I understand that correctly, Elvaro? Yeah, Correcting
1: me, yeah, totally. It's a growth play. I mean, look, we stop uh, we stop investing as much as we are in the business and you get profitable in two seconds. We've done it last quarter, last year, there was something, uh, I mean, through the pandemic and everything, we've done it quite a few times where we touch profitability, uh, but we continue to invest and uh, being public uh, help us as well on that. We'll talk as well about that in a few seconds. But um, when you're public, you're out there, you have clarity and the objective is to attract shareholders to that profile. We don't wanna be, Good for everybody. That doesn't work. Uh, there are investors that understand exactly what I'm referring to. It's a steady state growth and in a rational way without throwing tons of money at it and waiting to see what happens. Now, you might lose acceleration sometimes. Uh, that's totally fair. Uh, but our stage, we believe on the stage of the market, we believe we're doing it right, but we are definitely pushing the gas pedal harder as we speak.
0: Well, there's, you You already mentioned it's a great segue into the fact that uh, Pronto Forms, of course, is a publicly traded company on, on the TSXV. Um, so there's many tech CEOs in Ottawa, Alvaro, I'm sure you know many of them, but you have an interesting challenge here being a publicly traded company. So tell us about that decision way back when to become a publicly yeah. traded company. And maybe part two of that would be what's it like to manage? Like it, you have to yeah. manage the business, if I'm not mistaken, in a particular way.
1: Yeah, look, I, I laugh a little bit because there are scars here, scars here, and uh, look, that's what builds the character, I guess. At the end of the day, it's not that terrible, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. I mean, we ended up being public because two thousand and eight, one of our largest shareholders, the world collapsed, okay, as we all remember, and uh, we we decided to that the best way to bring some money into the company in those days was through doing. I mean, a CPC, a story that people know about these reverse takeovers, similar to SPACs in the U.S. these days, and that gave us enough money to continue the journey. As we stay there, the beauty of this thing is that there are no skeletons in the closet. Everybody owns the same type of shares, no prefs, no nothing. Everything is very clear, very, uh, very uh, uh, transparent. Uh, governance is very clear. So the company has... Evolve, I mean, in a more mature way than our revenue represents. But that's the good news. The key for the listeners is the kind of shareholders you target. Okay. You cannot go to these markets, or you can, but my advice is don't do it if you have the similar profile to us. You cannot go to these markets basically going after the retail monstrous play when people don't understand what you're trying to do. So there is a level of sophistication in the investor that understand it's a microcap, it's going at a pace, and it's deploying the resources in a certain way. Now, I believe there is obviously a microcap in Canada is undervalued by definition. Okay, so you're definitely leaving money on the table in quotes. But when you target this type of shareholders, it's a private company. At the end of the day, our shareholders are very sophisticated funds and very sophisticated wealthy shareholders that understand what they buy and what they hold. Therefore, the stock doesn't move that much, Don't doesn't necessarily mean a lot, um, but you keep on tracking and evolving the story and you're building shareholder value. The realization of it will come at a different time, but in the meantime, you're tracking and you're evolving the value for everybody.
0: I think what you said is really interesting, Alvaro, and you're experiencing this and not many other companies are. Um, so you're not looking for retail investors. You're like, I mean, no. you might bump into them, but that's not really the play. So help me understand, how do you get the attention of these funds? I, I would imagine many of them like are in the U.S. Do you like literally do you cold call them and say, come visit our office and we're going to we're going to show you what Pronto <laughs> Forms about and we hope it's you great. make an investment. How, how do you do that?
1: It's a great question. And there is a magic on that. Not that I created it, but there is a magic on that. Targeting. Targeting. When these guys go to microcap conferences, you go and speak on those and you speak in the same way I'm speaking to you. Very openly, transparently, uh, and uh, people understand the play. okay? And they understand that the Canadian market is undervalued. And ultimately, they hold positions and positions that are very... They acquire them slowly, or some of them rapidly, and um, and uh, there is there is a market for this type of stories, and uh, they're sophisticated. They keep in touch with you. They visit you. They fly to see you. Uh, all those wonderful things, and you build a strong relationship with them. So we have about three to I mean three to five of that type, and there is another call it ten. That are sophisticated, fifteen sophisticated investors that know what they're doing, and then there is a larger amount. I don't know how many shareholders we will have right now, but it will be two hundred kind of number, but uh, but they they know what what we own.
0: That's, re- that's really interesting. Um, uh, by the way, we're going to talk about a, a business development challenge that you experience and you're going to share your stories with the help, hope that maybe others can uh, can uh, relate to it. But before we do that, uh, talk about your business challenge, viral, I want to pause for a second to recognize uh, the sponsor of this episode, Pearlie Robertson, Hill & McDougall. <music> Tech companies must move at the speed of light and they need a law firm that moves just as fast. Pearlie Robertson Hill & McDougall has developed long-standing expertise in helping tech companies address their legal matters. As Ottawa's largest premier full-service law firm, Pearlie Robertson Hill & McDougall has provided a number of specialized legal services for the past 50 years. Pearly Robertson Hill & McDougall's in-house legal experts can help tech companies with financing strategies, venture capital, private placements and public offerings, mergers and acquisitions, intellectual property protections, shareholder agreements, and much more. To learn more about how Pearly Robertson Hill and McDougall can help your company, visit Perlaw.ca. All right. Thanks again to uh, Pearly Robertson, Hila McDougal. So, Alvaro, uh, before we did this interview, I, I asked you, can we talk about a business challenge? And you brought up something related to business development. Uh, tell us a bit, bit about this business challenge. With again, with the hope that other people might relate to it and understand your uh, your issue here.
1: Yeah. So the scenario. I always say that I receive a lot of advice, but sometimes. Uh, good advice and sometimes not that good. And the one that is not that good is because they don't understand exactly at what stage are you at? Okay. So I'll paint the following scenario. It's about $20 million of uh, uh, of final recurrent revenue. You're a SaaS company. You're focusing on large enterprises. So I said it on the previous episode, you sell the first one. Okay. So we sell quite a few uh, new accounts every quarter they come and they usually start with a tiny little proof of concept and it comes through the line of business and your task right there is to try to sell i mean get them going obviously through a proof of concept or any of the other arrangements that you will have but ultimately to demonstrate impact on the business to demonstrate whatever the objectives were the roi was defined on so as you get that the next step of it, which starts almost the day after you sold it, all saw like, okay, how are we going to expand? How are you going to expand within a business requires different degrees of sophistication. So I'll tell you, my first stage was, oh, onboard them properly, customer success investments. All those things are wonderful, no question about it. We couldn't be living without uh, a, a client, I mean, a customer success function like the one we have. But then you get to the next level, which is, okay, how are you going to look into other use cases that can prepa- propagate into other parts of those organizations so we've made a huge investment in identifying those use cases and try to show the customer journey throughout different use cases because you feel field automation is quite big so then you get to the next level which is okay now you have to have a strategic account manager, I mean, salespeople that are sophisticated in their trade to ultimately love these customers, present these different opportunities, and it's account management. I mean, I'm not saying something that people won't understand. The, The challenge is we did it 20, 25 times. Well done. Now I have 160 large enterprises. And how do you do that at scale? And that's where you pause and you say, hmm, How are you gonna do that at scale? Because that's where the growth on the 30s or north of 30s come from, doing that at scale. So I go back to where I was saying in the previous episode, you have these peaks and valleys and doing this at scale is what will reduce the valleys and ultimately layer the growth at a a different speed. So, I mean, as I said before, 70% is existing businesses of the bookings of every quarter, 30% is new. So you have to develop new, muscles in your body and you have to develop a sophistication on the go-to market that um that is easier said than done i knew that was a challenge a wall that was coming climbing it has been a lot harder than what i thought at a distance
0: that's great i'm, I'm i really appreciate you uh, you sharing that Alvaro. I, I see you know that that's a very uh, sophisticated type of account management and how do you grow at scale? As you said, this uh, we're going to wrap up in a second, Alvaro. I I hope there are people watching this, of course, learning more about Pronto Forms, but maybe people watching this saying, "I'd like to go work for that Alvaro guy. He looks pretty cool." <laughs> so, so if uh, if anyone just and and you know, t- Alvaro, talent is like on everyone's minds these days. It's it seems to be the recurring business issue. Tell us about the culture of yeah, uh, Pronto so- Forms.
1: So look, we left it in the great place. So how do you orchestrate managing those customers in that way? Yes. You orchestrate it by having a very talented group of people and you orchestrate it, That experience for the customers is driven by a culture inside the organization. You cannot fake that. Just a good sales guy won't do it. You need to have a heck of a support organization, a heck of a heck of a everything. Okay. So ultimately, I believe in culture, not only because I believe in people, I seriously believe that the culture of the organization is one of the most important assets of any organization. But I believe on transparency and telling the story as it is. And I believe, I mean, we, I spend a lot of cycles and we spend as a company, it's not an effort, it's what we do, otherwise you cannot do the kind of things I'm telling you naturally, okay? And that's been, as a leader, that's been the most fascinating thing is understanding that all these pieces go together. OK, and that's anyway, that's the culture of the organization. We care about each other tremendously. We value simplicity, as you heard it before, and we're big into performing. And those are the three values that are written in the wall at the entrance of the office, which we haven't been to that often recently. <laughs> but we wear them. We don't have to have them written in a, on a on a wall. We wear them and we we do it every day.
0: I like we that point. To. I like that point, Alvaro. Yeah, you don't have to look at them on a wall. You just need to live them every day and oh, be you everybody. know, reminded by a great CEO. So, well, listen, Alvaro, it's been a pleasure, a two-part uh, interview with you. We really dug into the first episode, again, kind of the company, its history and, and uh, had a good look at its financials and, of course, this business challenge. Thank you for sharing so much. Uh, best of luck to, to, uh, to Pronto Forms in 2022, eager to see what it will achieve uh, in the new year.
1: Michael, thanks for the opportunity. Great to get to know you more. And thanks to the listeners for putting up with the Spanish accent. So uh, <laughs> I, I think, think it's charming.
0: It. <laughs> it's absolutely charming, Alvaro.
1: Okay,
0: have <laughs> a good you, day. Well, big thanks again to Alvaro uh, Pombo of Pronto Forms for spending those two, uh, two episodes with me. As we wrap up, let's take a look at some of the sponsors that are behind Techopia. Techopia is brought to you by many great sponsors, such as Number Crunch, offering virtual CFO services for SaaS companies, Pearlie Robertson Hill and McDougall, a leader in business and technology sector law, TD Bank, specialized programs for technology companies, the University of Ottawa Faculty of Engineering, creating the next generation of technical talent. Techopia is not only a podcast, We post new articles daily at obj.ca slash Techopia. If you're on Facebook or Twitter, you can find Techopia at Techopia, O-T-T. And if you're on YouTube, please subscribe and click the bell icon. Thanks for watching this episode of Techopia Live. And reminder, I'm gonna be doing a bunch of uh, interviews, uh, double-barreled as they say, with local CEOs uh, over the next uh, few weeks. In fact, maybe even a couple months. Um, Just looking at uh, the year end and looking forward to 2022. And I think you're really gonna enjoy some of these interviews. Again, thank you to Alvaro Pombo, and uh, all of his colleagues at Pronto Forms for letting us take a little peek inside that company. That's all the time we have for today. So thanks for watching. Uh, Please be safe, please stay connected, and hope to see you soon. Bye-bye.